Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, so that you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it'll bless you as it's blessed. Me. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage comes from Psalm 19, 20 and 21. Number 19 starts off by saying, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. This reminds me of in Romans where it speaks of how no one has an excuse of not knowing God for this entire world and this earth and the sky and the trees and the birds and the animals and everything is it's essentially his demonstration of of himself. I mean, you would never go inside of a art museum, perhaps one that was to demonstrate the work of Pablo Picasso, and gaze around in all of these amazing, authentic pieces of Picasso, and get to the end of it and think, you know, I don't know if Picasso actually exists. No one's ever thought that. I don't think anyone's ever gone through the gallery and thought those things. Those thoughts haven't even crossed their mind because they see the handiwork. And in fact, people will will spend millions and millions of dollars just to possess a a very own piece of, of Picasso's handiwork. But it's our belief in Picasso, because none of us have ever known him or met him, is simply in seeing the work of his hands. And so when we look around this world, which is far more impressive and greater than anything that anyone has ever made, then we should let this world and this earth minister to us. You know, I've never particularly been a, uh, a great researcher of science or a great student of science, but, you know, something I do love to learn more about is animals. I think they're fascinating because one of the things that I love about animals is God made them unique for their function. Every animal is made specifically for the place in which he lives. Even, even, he's even coated animals with the exact camouflage for the region in which they're living, just so that they could camouflage themselves to either not be prey, or so that they could, in fact, be a predator to eat and provide for their young. You know, these sort of things should minister to us and we should also apply them to ourselves that if God made the cheetah or the snow leopard, if he made this bird or this sort of underwater creature, you know, with everything that it needs, kind of reminds me of those fish that live in the deep parts of the ocean that actually have a little light on them. Isn't that that just amazing? He installed a light onto these sort of sea creatures that would would, would never be close enough to the surface to see, so God made them away. If God would 
take that level of care and attentiveness to all of these creations and into the sky. When you look up at the sky at a sunset, it's just breathtaking, like nothing that you'll ever see on a movie or a TV show. You know, we just got through celebrating 4th of July and we light up the sky and spend all this money on trying to create a beautiful show. Uh, and the reality of it is I've never seen anything made by man that blew up in the sky that was more beautiful than what God has already made, right? What's more beautiful than the stars at night or the clouds as they pass by and you try to identify what each one of them is making or the way that the sun is setting over the horizon. It's beautiful and it's the Lord's handiwork and that should minister to us. You know, and we should also remember that the same God that made each of these animals with everything specific that they need for doing anything is the same God that made me. And so he's already put in me everything that he wants to come out of me. All right. He's made me with the camouflage and the skills and the trait and, and the, the light on my head to go to the places in which I will need to see. That's how he cares for us. And so. You know, David just speaking, of, probably just looking around, and I think there's a beauty in probably living in David's time where maybe you would just spend an afternoon or a morning or an evening by just simply looking around you. Well, our our mind is a bit clouded these days, and we're always staring at man-made things and not gazing enough at the things in which God has made. But I believe that David was staring out and going, wow, you know, Lord, the heavens proclaim that you're a good God and that there's nothing and no one like you. And he goes on to say that there's nothing hidden from the sun and it's heat. It reaches everything. You can't hide from it. And then he, he transitions to begin to talking about the law of the Lord. And I think it was the sentence about the sun that led him into that because just as the sun searches the earth to light up the darkness so does the word of the lord do to us when we open up the word of god it's like the sun shining on all of our dark parts and it light it, it provides light to the crevices and the cracks the creases the brokenness and the places where we've allowed for mold and mildew and and and, and sin and this kind of stuff to grow when the when the light of the lord hits it 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 it, it illuminates those dark places and it's that's why it says the testimony of the lord the word of the lord is sure it makes wise the simple okay it, it's pure and enlightens the eyes it should be more desired than gold it's sweeter than the drippings of the honeycomb and by simply keeping them there is a greater reward than anything else that we could imagine and that's so true man church i wish we could get back to being a people that would take the word of the Lord and just think of that just following this word is my highest concern. You know, and we lose all the other stuff and we just go, no, I've just got to love my neighbor as myself. I've got to love my black neighbor, my, my uh, gay neighbor, my Muslim neighbor. My, I'm just going to love them as myself because... Love demonstrates that there's a supernatural work happening in me. You know, I, I'm just going to love my enemy. You know, when my enemy curses me, I'm going to bless them. I'm not going to seek to get even. Because love doesn't justify. It, just when people are in sin or in wrong, you know, the natural tendency is, well, you're not going to get my love anymore. I don't, I don't approve of your actions. 
right? That's how the world thinks. But is that how God loves us? Does he go, well, I love you. Oh, but now you've messed up and now I've quit loving you. That's not how we love. And that's not how a father loves his children, right? And so we've got we've to start following this word and we go, man, I just, I just want to live out this, this word so bad. I just, I, I want to make sure that, that I control my tongue. I want to make sure that I don't speak words of evil. I want to make sure that I think of ways to motivate and encourage one another. I want to make sure that I don't forsake the assembling of God's people. I want to make sure that I give you know, my first fruits and my best of my, my finances, my income, my talents. You know, I want to make sure that I love my wife as Christ loves the church. I want to make sure that I don't provoke my children to anger. I want to make sure that I discipline them, but I discipline them in a godly way. I mean, everything that you need for living the best life imaginable is found in the word of the Lord. And so it's perfect. And if we will just open it and sit before it, it will change us. And it will change the atmospheres around us because the things that we don't like, the things that, 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 that we don't like in other people and the sins and, the, and the, you know, all these other things, it says perfect love casts out all fear. So just by loving these, these other people and these other circumstances, we'll do so much more good than we could ever do by trying to fix them or condemn them, you know? And so he, he, he goes on and he, he says... Lord, keep me from presumptuous sins. Let them have no dominion over me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That's the power of the word of the Lord also. Is that there's a lot of times that I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I don't know that I'm doing anything wrong. You know, I mean, you get to a certain point in your walk and you're hopefully not killing people anymore. So you're not committing murder. You're not... You know, you're not committing adultery. You're not cheating on your wife or your husband. You know, you, you, you know, you don't feel like you're bearing false witness. You don't feel like you're going around just telling lies all the time. You know, there gets to be a point where you're kind of checking your Ten Commandments, you know, and you're, you know, kind of okay. But when you get in this Word, it starts to illuminate some of these presumptuous sins. It starts to illuminate some of this iniquity. It starts to illuminate some of the things that I'm doing that I don't even realize I'm doing. Okay, you know, little things that you say around someone and you go, oh, my gosh, I didn't even realize that when I said that, I just said that out of an insecurity. And it probably pushed them down a little bit when I said that, because it was a comment that I made just clearly trying to lift myself up. You know, and I shouldn't have said that. That's a deep spiritual place that the word of the Lord has shined upon me, you know, or maybe you're having you're not ha- you're not having faith for something, you know, every time someone's. You know, you start to talk about, uh, you know, you start talking about this sort of thing happening or that sort of thing happening. You go, well, that'll never happen. Not to us, not to me. No. And, and maybe you open up the word and you start reading about some of these things that God's done. And you go, you start to feel convicted. You go, man, I, I need to start believing more. I need to start having more faith. You know, that's what the word does is it shines like the sun does on even the parts of us that we don't even realize are dark. And we need that desperately bad church. We need that bad because we don't even realize how dark that there are places of of our hearts. And we need to come with the right posture when we open the word as well. Opening it up saying, okay, Lord, here I am. You cut away at anything that you want to in me. I want to be so convicted when I close this that I've got to get 
and start changing. I got to start loving my wife. I got to start going to church. I got to start loving the people at my church. I got to start forgiving 70 times 7. Right? I, I got to start having grace. I got to start having mercy. I got to start controlling what comes out of my mouth because life and death are found in the tongue. That's how we should be walking out of our time in the Word. You know? And uh, because we just have a, a, an earnest desire to, to be illuminated and not to have these dark places. And then in chapter 20, he, he's talking about... this. Is, chapter 20 is, is an incredible prayer, by the way. Like, I just... I was reading this and I just said, yes, Lord, me, do it to me. You know, I just want someone to come lay hands on me this morning and pray this over me because this is just a beautiful prayer. You know, I would just pray it over you today, you know, that the Lord would answer you in the day of trouble. The name of God of Jacob would protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May may he remember all your offerings in regard with favor, your burnt sacrifices. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray over this person listening today that he would grant, that you would grant their heart's desire, that you would fulfill their plans. God, that we would shout for joy over your salvation. And in the name of our God, we would set up banners. Lord, fulfill their petitions. You know, and, and, and it just goes on to say, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. It's just a beautiful psalm that is one, just basically asking for a blessing to be upon Israel, a blessing to be upon God's people. A ble- and this is one you would say, Lord, bless me in this way, that you would grant the desires of my heart, that you would fulfill the plans that I have. Lord, that, that you would fulfill my petitions, that you would hear my prayers. And because I know that I have that favor with you, I'm not going to trust in chariots and horses. What is that? I'm not going to trust in the man-made things. I'm not going to trust in things that I've purchased. I'm not going to trust in what I've built. I'm not going to trust in what I can see, but I'm going to trust in the name of the Lord our God. I'm going to trust in you, Lord, that you are going to support me and uphold me and bless me. And so that's just a, that's a beautiful psalm. And in Psalm 21, he, this is a psalm rejoicing in the Lord's strength. And he, he says, you know, you've given him his heart's desire and you've not withheld the request of his lips. You know, he, for you make him most blessed forever. You make him glad with the joy of your presence. Be exalted, O Lord, in your strength, and we will sing and praise your power. Psalm 21. Now, I haven't touched on this, but I'm going to just slightly touch on it. When you read the Psalms and you're reading from David, you have to remember that David is the beginning of the lineage, um, or not the beginning, but it's where the promise was for the lineage of Jesus to come from the descendants of David. So there's a lot of prophetic that comes out of David's mouth that aren't pertaining necessarily to his own life, but are pertaining directly to the life of Jesus, or it's pertaining to the life of David and the life of Jesus, okay? But there are certain things that he says that are only pertaining to the life of Jesus, because you'll read certain things, and you'll go, you know, it, there's one psalm where it says, they ripped off my clothes, and they kept, they're casting dice for, for it, and, you know, we don't know that that ever happened to David, but we know it happened to Jesus, And maybe David did walk out some of the things that Jesus did just so that he would write about them so that we would know prophetically, you know, that the Messiah had come because he would live a life that was similar of David. Or maybe God just grabbed a hold of David's mouthpiece and he would speak of things, almost illustrating how he felt in his heart and he spoke it, but it would actually be the very things that Jesus would go through. And, you know, when you're studying of Jesus, it's amazing because there's over 300 prophecies 
uh, every detail about Jesus's life. And somehow in 33 and a half years, Jesus fulfilled every single one of them. Folks, the greatest, most brilliant author of all time in the natural flesh could not create a character that would um, never once conflict with an opposing prophecy, but would fulfill all of them. It's amazing. Only God could do that. I invite you to study that on your own. But one of my favorite things that he says in that chapter, chapter 21, I say that because he speaks almost second person. I think he's speaking of Jesus, and I think he's also speaking of himself. But when he's talking, one of the things that I love that he says, and he talks about it in chapter 20 also, is how the Lord fulfills the heart's desire. You know, that's a beautiful thing to have a God that can fulfill the desires of my heart. Because I, number one, don't have the ability to fulfill the desires of my heart in, in and of my own self. But even one step further, I don't even always know the true desires of my heart. I'm so grateful to have a God who knows better for me than I know for myself. There's been so many times and so many situations and so many seasons that the Lord has taken me places that I never wanted to go. But only when I got there that I realized that that it was the place where I always needed to be. That's how good God is. He doesn't just give us the things that we think we want. He gives us the things that we don't even know that we need. And we have to trust in Him for that because He will, he will give you the perfect house in due season. He will give you the perfect job for you when it comes right. He's going to provide for you the most amazing spouse. Um, and that could be even if you're a single person, that could be that He's going to raise one up. But if you're a married person, that could mean that He's going to take the one that you've already got and he's going to begin to work at their heart and he's going to forge them into the perfect companion for your life. He's going to provide for you the perfect children for you to raise. And it's not going to look the way that you think that it should look all the time, but it's going to be exactly what God knows your heart needs.